Hi. How y'all doing? I am so glad you guys are here. You sound amazing. Most of you look amazing. I'll let y'all figure out who's who, you know what I'm saying? Hey, if it's your first time here today, my name is Craig, and my wife Patty and I get to pastor the coolest church on the planet, and that's this one, by the way, if you didn't know that. So thank you for being here. We are really honored that you're here, genuinely. Um, we have a lot of people watching online. We do me a favor, since you're already here, and you're happy, 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 since you're happy, will you put your hands together and help me welcome the rest of our family watching online, Facebook, YouTube, Church Online Platform. Hey, man, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us. Now, we are doing this Saturday the Marriage Summit. So it's only a few days away. I think, what, five, six? I can't count. Anyway, it's, it's Saturday, March 4th. And so if you have not signed up yet, you need to sign up. They're going to put that QR code on the screen. I just believe it. I feel it. I know that they are. Um, look at there. Look, they're so good. Um, and so you, let me break this down here. If you're married, you need to be here. If you're living together, you need to be here. If you're dating and wanting to get married, you need to be here. This is one of those events that you need to come. And I know some of you are like, he said living together. I know, we're going to talk about that today. It's going to be one of those days. Anyway, um, come and let's learn how to have a successful marriage. I'll tell you what, I get asked a lot on how, to, you know, they hear that Patty and I have been married for 30 plus years. And they're like, how did you do it? I'll tell you how I did it. I worked hard. You missed it. I worked hard, and she worked hard because, hey, the, ain't, the culture tells us there's no, there's, you know, you need a once-in-a-lifetime, once-upon-a-time relationship. Bro, ain't no such thing. Life is not a fairy tale. Life is in the ditches of life where you just have to work things out. Can I get a witness up in the house, right? It's just, it's just work, and so we're going we're gonna to get some tools. We're going to work together to just get our marriages happy and healthy. Now, today, with the marriage summit being Saturday, today is the final episode of Once Upon a Time, where we have been talking about relationships where culture has said, hey, you need a once upon a time relationship. Oh, when I find that one, he'll complete me. Girl, you looking wrong. Anyway, um, so we've been going through all this and trying to talk about relationship, but the funny thing is, I don't know if you've noticed this, if you've been here throughout the, this month, um, you probably noticed that that light is flickering and it's probably going to bother everybody. And so what we'll just do right here at the beginning is just if the guys in the skybox will just go ahead and turn those aisle lights off and we'll just live today this service without aisle lights, okay? So if they'll do that, there we go. Everybody happy now? When I, when I see everybody going, it's like, let's just call it out right there and let's just move on. We all good? Aye, aye. So we've been, this whole month we've been talking about relationships, and if you've noticed, um, it really hasn't been, the messages haven't been about marriage or anything, because the core problem with all relationships is you and me. And so we talked about these different things. So the first week, if you were here, if you weren't here, you have no idea what I'm getting ready to You're going to be like, what are you talking about? Um, the first week we talked about finding the go-gurt in your trunk. Anybody remember that? Um, you know, the, the, find that thing that was such a wound from way back when that it is, you're carrying it with you through all your relationships, and that's what's affecting all your relationships. Remember, we talked about that. Second week, we talked about blind spots and how we need other people in our lives, relationships, to help us see the blind spots because they're blind spots because, we, 
you, you can't see them. You need somebody else to help you and speak into your life. And then last week, Pastor Carson did an incredible job talking about living in the wake of divorce. And if you, um, just, just so you know, if you weren't here, uh, I highly recommend you go back and watch it online or on the app because it, it wasn't one of those messages where it was like, divorce is wrong or divorce, it's not that. I love South Point because we can just be honest and be real. Divorce happens. It just happens, and from that comes a lot of junk that just hurts. And so living in that wake and what that looks like, that was last week. Um, now, a lot of people, I guess it's because I'm a pastor, but a lot of people come to me for advice, okay? Um, they, they ask me questions, and I would say, this is my own made-up number here, just my own life, I would say probably over 95% of the advice that I'm asked has to deal with relationships. It has to deal with people, whether it be a coworker or a church member or, or a, a marriage, you know, a spouse or whatever. It's always about relationships and and how do we get those better, and how do we do that? And so here, <laughs> I'll, and most of the time, I'll show people in the Bible, because that is a really good place. You should read your Bible. I'll show them in the Bible, like, hey, this is what it says. And they'll either go, oh, okay, and, and do it very rarely, or they'll, they'll read it and just be like, no, I don't believe that. I'm like, cool. Or they'll say, oh, okay, I believe that, and then just live their life and don't do it. You know, I, was like, well, I had this one young lady come to me one time, and she said, Pastor, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure, sweetie. And she said, what does the Bible have to say about me moving in with my boyfriend? By the way, today's one of those messages. So uh, just set this up right here. Some of you, you might not want to leave your feet on the floor. You might not want to pull your toes in. You might want to sit like this. Okay, um, she said, "What does the Bible have to say about living with my boy, moving in with my boyfriend?" And I said, "I'm glad you asked. Let me show you a scripture." And so I turned to First Thessalonians four, four, verse three. It says this: "For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control." His own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. This sets it up real quick here. There's two groups of people on planet Earth. And they act, they're supposed to act differently. Let that sink in for a second. You have the followers of Jesus Christ. Hey, hey girl, hey, followers of Jesus Christ. And then you have everybody else. And so, passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Ephesians, and then I gave her another one. I'm like, oh, but wait, there's more. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. But sexually, sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you. Read those to her. And then she said, so what you're saying is the Bible really doesn't have anything that specifically says I shouldn't move in with my boyfriend. <laughs> and I said, okay. So, so I, I sat down with her and I explained, sec, what, what is sexual immorality? You know I mean? Those are like some big Bible words or whatever. Okay. So I explained all that to her and everything. And she said, Craig. That's just not really how the world works anymore. Culture's changed, and I just don't think that that's 
relevant anymore. So, get this. So, the young lady who asked Jesus to forgive her of her sins is now expecting Jesus to bow down at the altar of her self-life. Relationships are important. Everybody doing okay? Um, okay, so relationships are really important. And everything flows out of relationships. But here's the deal. All relationships flow from this well inside every single one of us. This self-life well that's in us is what, f- what supports and flows all these other relationships. And this might sound weird. Okay, this might sound really weird. Um, but I, I think we need to do a better job of getting along with ourselves. I think we need to, we're, we're just kind of, okay, let me say it this way. Have you ever heard the phrase, I'm my own worst critic? Yeah, and we are, right? Unless you're a narcissist. If you're a narcissist, then you wake up to a totally different tune in the morning, don't you? You wake up just humming, oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the mirror. Because I get better looking each day. I must be, I can keep going. Anybody remember that old song? Right? Okay, so if you're a narcissist here, then this whole message is not for you. You need to go, you need to find a different message. But most of us, the majority of us, we struggle getting along with ourselves. And I know that sounds weird. But if I think it's weird, as I look across the auditorium, most of you are doing a gentle, like, you can't even help yourself. You're nodding. You're like, oh, yeah, I hate myself. Yeah, I really do. Right? I see the head nods because it's, we're human. And we don't do very well of getting along with ourselves. But here's the problem. If you're trying to build any kind of intimate relationship and you have not first taking care of yourself and made yourself whole and healthy, then every relationship you step into will only be you manipulating it to complete yourself. You might not like that. There's plenty more today you won't like either. But the truth of the matter is, the reason we have so many messed up relationships is because we're just using people to satisfy what we're lacking. We just, we just use people to satisfy, I lost this person, so I'm going to use this person. I was hurt by this person, so I'm going to use this person to make me feel better here. And we don't get along with ourselves very well. And we don't even get close to other people. You know why? Because if we get close to other people, then we're afraid that they'll see behind the veil that we're covering all this stuff up with. They're going to realize that we're living a charade. And you will never have an, a true intimate relationship until the charade is over and you have real conversations and fix stuff in you. What is intimacy anyway? Intimacy is into me you see. Intimacy means I get close enough. It ain't just sex, ladies and gentlemen. Intimacy is getting close enough to somebody, lowering the veil and letting them see my own issues. That's intimacy. But so many of us hold on to them, we're just scared to lower, lower it down. And we get caught up 
trying to have relationships. And, and we're caught in the echo chamber of our mind, in our soul space, in our self-life. This echo chamber, that the, the thoughts keep rolling around over and over and over again. But see, here's the deal. Okay, 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 okay. But, I, I can't lie. I love big butt. I cannot lie. Okay, but when, when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, everything changes. Or it should. Or it should. See, when we ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins, he does. Woohoo! And then he takes it the next step, and he then reveals to us how much sin is resident in our souls every single day. And we don't like that. We don't like that. So we cover it up instead of taking care of it, and we end up being health unhealthy. So let me give you some characteristics of a self-life. You ready? Okay, I listed these. That's not true. The Apostle Paul did in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. He says this, the behavior of the self-life is obvious. Now let, let me just pause right here for a second. What he means by obvious is this. What I'm getting ready to read is normal. It's just normal life. Like what you're getting ready to hear, none of this will shock you. You see it on TV every single day. You see it on social media. You see it everywhere. You see it in movies. You, have it in, you, you experience this in conversations. This is just normal. The behavior of self-life is obvious. Sexual immorality. Lustful thoughts. Pornography. Chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions. <laughs> Sorry, I, gotta, I have to laugh at that one. Have you all been on social media lately? People love their opinions, don't they? <laughs> and they actually think you want to read them. Um, okay, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder. Oh, well, I haven't murdered anybody. Yeah, but you'll assassinate someone's character like that. Uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. This is so normal right now in 2023, and it was normal when the Apostle Paul wrote it about 2,000 years ago. It's just life in this world. There is nothing new under the sun. That's how the world acts. But there should be a difference in the house of God. Let me, I don't, let me take house of God out of it, because I don't even like that term really, in this situation. It shouldn't happen in followers of Jesus Christ. L listen to me, listen to me. If you are continually and living a lifestyle of doing these things, I'm not, just, I'm not saying you fell off the wagon and messed up. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is like how you live your life from this list. These are things that you do. And you, and you are expecting a once upon a time relationship. You are lying to yourself. Because you cannot do these things and experience the full life and relationships that Jesus Christ has promised for us. Oh, I'm sitting bold today. I don't need your claps. I don't need your amens. Because it's just like, I, you know, some of the stats of people leaving church blow my mind. And why is it? Maybe it's because they come to church, but they don't see anything different than what they can get in the world. I think it would be a revival if we would all just start acting like followers of Jesus Christ instead of like everything we watch on TV and movies. 
I know this is not a fun message, but at some point, we got to put on our big boy panties. Come on, somebody. And realize that we're supposed to live a different life. People talk about alternative lifestyles right now, and it's always referring to homosexuality. And Okay, here's the deal. I think as Christians, we need to understand we are supposed to be living an alternative lifestyle. Are, are you tracking with me? We're not supposed to be like everybody else. We're supposed to talk different, act different. But pastor, pastor, you just don't understand. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? I just have to be true to myself. How many have heard that? I have to be true to myself. That is one of the biggest lies of the enemy. Look at this verse, Galatians 5, 9. Don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system? Why are people deconstructing their faith? They're deconstructing their faith because they let a little lie into their souls. We all still doing good? One of my favorite verses, and I quote it all the time. I can actually quote it. It's not in your notes because I can quote it in multiple translations. It's John 10, 10. It says this. It says, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. And we want, everybody wants the abundant life. And Jesus is offering the abundant life, but the problem is this list that we read in Galatians 5, 19. Jesus is offering the abundant life. We want loving relationships. And he's like, I'm offering you loving relationships. And you say, I'd rather be in love with my own opinions. I want peace in my life. And Jesus is like, I'm offering you peace. I would rather be a, a keyboard warrior on the internet. And Jesus offers, offers us these things. And we take something else. We don't take those things. And Does that bother anybody else? See, this might be a hard pill to swallow, so let me sit down for this one. I almost didn't put this in my notes, but I did. Um, if you are loving and following Jesus Christ, but your life is your self-life is pulled out of Galatians 5.19, that list we read, then let me challenge you. You're not loving and following Jesus Christ. You are trying to manipulate Jesus Christ to prop up your self-life. You say, oh, Craig, that's so harsh. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. You say you love Jesus. Okay, if you love Jesus, that means you also trust Jesus. You can't have love and not trust, and you can't have trust without love. Are, are you tracking with me? So the world offers this, and we take that because we trust that this is what's good for us. And Jesus is saying that is nothing but junk food for the soul. It has a, it, that's what sin is, right? Sin, sin is junk food for the soul. It meets an immediate craving with long-term devastating results. Sin, that's what sin does.
Galatians 5.24. Just, okay, just read on, Craig. Okay, Galatians 5.24. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus Christ have already experienced crucifixion. What is he saying? Listen, Jesus did not come to, man, to be manipulated. He did not come to prop up your self-life. Jesus came to kill you. Jesus came, I know we don't talk about this in Christianity very much at all, but Jesus came to kill you and to kill me and then to resurrect in us this thing called a new creation. Just propping up the old you will never work. And we have examples all around the world. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus Christ have already been killed. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. He already killed it, so why do we keep trying to drag up zombies from our past to prop up our self-life? Let them die. They're not working for you. Trust me. Galatians 5.17 says this. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. We were in staff meeting this week, and uh, we, we, just, we do like this book discussion, and we do work and all that stuff. But anyway, in the book discussion, we got talking, and Katie Marlier, the lady that was up here. Oh, no fans? Yeah. First service, only one person clapped. I was like, okay, fan club. One, one person. Got to start somewhere. Anyway, <laughs> Katie, Katie said this, and I, th I just thought it was so good. I was like, I, I told her, I said, I'm stealing that. She said, you know, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ... At some point, your Christian lifestyle should offend somebody in the world. It should. But the problem is, now we've been taught that we're not allowed to offend anybody at any time for anything, and we've taken that. Don't take that. Understand that as a follower of Jesus Christ, it is one of our jobs to offend people now and then. Thank you, April. I appreciate that. Well, I can't offend you. Why not? His name is Jesus Christ. He was one of the most offensive people to ever walk the planet. However, he's also the creator of the planet. He also died on the cross for your sins and came back three days later. So how about we just follow him? It's good. But nobody else, right, it's going to look completely different than anybody else. That's the whole point. Galatians 5.16, as you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. As you... Let me repeat myself about a hundred times right here. As who yields? As you. As you. I know this is going to be a little annoying because you're going to get tired of me saying this, but I want this to burn deep on your soul. As you yield to the Holy, as you yield to the Holy Spirit. What, why am I doing this? Because for so, many time, for, for so long people think that the Holy Spirit is just going to pull you. He's not going to pull you. He's not going to force you to do anything. The Holy Spirit will wants you to yield to him. And this is what it looks like. So, so you, the Holy Spirit, he never, he will never pull you. He'll hold you. And he's got you. But now your self-life and all of its cravings, what do they do? Oh, sweetheart. Come on. You know, they don't just pull, they, 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 they just want to wreck you. They will pull you over, they will pull you into a position in a place that you never hoped to go, never wanted to go, and they'll pull you there every single time. And where's the Holy Spirit? 
He's still got you. He's still got you. You, you, you can't go too far from him. And what he'll do is he'll, he'll pick you back up, still not pull you. He'll just pick you back up, get you where you need to go. And he's waiting. What's he waiting for? He's waiting for you to... If you don't yield driving your car at the proper time, I've seen some of you drive. If you don't yield at the proper time, what happens? You have a, a wreck. It's a, it's a wreck. And some of us are questioning why our lives are a wreck. The reason your life is a wreck is because you're not yielding to the Holy Spirit. You're yielding to the self-cravings of your life. And it will be a wreck every single time. And the world says, oh, no, it's supposed to be like that. The chair is topped over. No, no, it's supposed to be like that. It's new. It's not new. It's a stinking dumpster fire. And you're trying to make excuses for it. And I'm telling you something. What the world offers does not work. It will satisfy an immediate craving, but it will have a long-term devastating effect on your life, your marriage, your relationship, all of those things. I know, we're getting to grace. Everybody, everybody, okay. Everybody's like, this is so harsh. Okay, um, the Holy Spirit has you. He wants you to yield to him. And when you yield to him, here's the beautiful thing. He just takes you. And he still has you. And the more you yield, the more you're resting in his hands. The more you're trusting him. Every little step. Every, every, and he pulls you away. The more you yield, he pulls you away from the intense cravings of your self-life. But if you don't yield, and your wrecked life will look like everybody else's. And they'll, you'll say, hey, you want to go to church with me? And they'll probably say, why? Your life isn't any better than mine. Jesus will, Jesus ain't done nothing for you. You're as much of a dumpster fire as I am. How we doing? We're good? A little dose of realism. It's just scary to me how much Followers of Jesus Christ have become looking so much like the people of the world. And, and there's, there's just, there, there's, supposed to be a, there's supposed to be a difference. Okay, so, okay, 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 we all good? I'm going to stop tipping over my chair, I'll have to buy a new one. Okay, 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 so the question should be, how do you yield to the Holy Spirit? That, that should be the question that you have right now on your heart. Okay, Craig, how do I do it, Mr. Practical? Here's how you do it. You ready? Here's how you do it. The first one is you got to shut down the echo chamber that's in your mind. In your soul. you got to shut it down. Shut it down. You have to make room for God's voice. You have to make room for God's voice. And some of you are like, oh, but God never speaks to me. Wrong. God is speaking all the time. And when he speaks, here's the real problem. When God speaks, we argue with him. God says, you are righteous. And we say, no, I'm a failure. God says, you are so worthy of my love. And we say, no, I'm, I'm unworthy. We say, I, God says, you are more than a conqueror. And we say, I've never conquered anything. I'm a, I'm a failure. I'm, I'm, I'm a victim. I'm not a conqueror. We are. 
like the very voice that's trying to speak into our hearts and our souls, and we want something. God will say, hey, you are so gifted and talented, and I know that because I put the gifts and talents in you, and we say, no, I'm worthless. I've never accomplished anything. I'm just worthless. We, God says, you are, are an original. It's in Ephesians. You can read it yourself. You're an original. There's nobody else like you. And we say, I would really rather just be like everybody else and fit in. God's speaking all the time. But we don't shut down the echo chamber, so we just keep listening to it. And it messes us up. Here, fill in the blank. The voice you believe will determine the future you experience. Come on, somebody needs to tweet that, Snapchat that, FaceTime that. I don't know what all what what you kids are doing nowadays. Um, Whatever voice you listen to will determine the future you experience. The enemy cannot, cannot stop you from being what God has created you to be, but he can blind you to what God has created you to be. Are you listening to the voice of the echo chamber of your self-life, or are you going to listen to the voice of God? And if he says, you're righteous, say, thank you. You're full of gifts and talents. Help me see him. I want to walk in him. I believe you because I trust you more than I trust the stuff of this world. I trust you. Man, it's better preaching than you think it is. I'm telling you what, it's going to save your life. Here's the second thing. You ready for the second thing? Say no to the self-life junk food. That sin. That Okay, the, the, remember the, <laughs> how do you do that, Craig? Here's, okay, you got a note sheet on the way in. If you did not get a note sheet on the way in, on the way out, grab one for this very reason. Take it home with you. The first, one of the first verses I read was Galatians 5.19 with the list of the self-life characteristics. Remember that? Just nod at me. Don't make me re-preach this. I'm almost done, really. Like, just nod. Even if you don't even know what I'm talking about, even if I just woke you up, just nod. Nod. You know what I'm talking about? The Galatians 5.19? You guys are so disobedient. What's going on? Just nod at me. Okay. Take that home. Tape it to your mirror. Read it regularly, and then here's how you do it. Don't do those things. Don't do those things. I'm not going to look at pornography. Why? Why would I not? It's so everywhere. Well, because that's just feeding my self-life. That's not feeding my spiritual man. I'm not going to move in with somebody before marriage. Why? Because that's just feeding my self-life. That's not feeding my spiritual man. I'm called to be, everybody's doing it. I am not everybody. That's because you're a pastor. No, 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 no. Au contraire, mon frère. Well, I mean, I am a pastor. However, you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You are a follower of Jesus Christ. You love the man who gave his life for you. You accepted the forgiveness of your sins. Now it's time to start acting like you've been forgiven. I don't like this message very much. I know, I know, I know. It's like, it amazes me that people do all of these things from Galatians 5.19 and then don't understand why their life is a dumpster fire or their relationship is a dumpster fire. It's like the dude who's eating a dozen donuts every day, washing it down with a 32-ounce Mountain Dew and wondering why he's gaining weight. 
It's like the dude who's looking at porn all the time, every single day, and doesn't understand why he doesn't have a healthy marriage. It's like the person who is on the computer all the time, stirring up stuff, answering stuff, commenting on everything on social media, and doesn't understand why they have no peace in their life. It's like, if you don't like, this is what my dad used to say, if you don't like what you're getting, then stop doing what you're doing, because what you're doing ain't working. I know, some of you are not clapping because you're like, but I like donuts and Mountain Dew. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Matthew 16, 24, Jesus says this. This is the verse that I think modern day Christianity has absolutely ripped out of the Bible. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him what? It does not say be true to yourself. It does not say do what you want to do. It does not say whatever tickles your fancy, go ahead and have it be tickled, thus saith the Lord. That is not what it says at all. It says this thing that none of us like, especially in America. No. Deny your neighbor? No, 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 no. What? Deny himself, yourself. You have the ability to say no. And when the world wants to pull you one way, you say, nope, because I'm yielding. And I know how to deny myself. Is it easy the first time? Oh, my God, no, no. And can I tell you something? You will end up in this situation time and time and time and time again. You, you will. You're going to mess up. We all mess up. But aren't you glad, even when you mess up, it's not a lifestyle, it's not how you live all the time, but you messed up. I tell you what, the Holy Spirit will pick you up every single time and put you back on your feet. Every single time. All right, you ready for the third one? We'll get out of here. Okay, here's the third one. Repent quickly. Repent quickly. I think, here, here's, here's one of the problems that I think that slows us down in our spiritual life and in this whole yielding thing is when we do fall over, when we do mess up, we try to unsin. Okay, okay. Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking Some of you are laughing. You're like, oh, I, yeah, I try to unsin. I, but we try to unsin. Watch this. This is, this is what unsinning is. And I, how do I know this? Because I am an expert. You try to unsin. You do something wrong, right? And you know it's wrong. The Holy Spirit convicts you, and you're like, that, yep, that was a sin. And then you sit there for a minute, and you start thinking. The echo chamber of your soul lights up. And you think, oh, I should have. I, I could have. Oh, I, I would have. Could have, would have, should have. You know what that is? That is you sitting in one spot having a pity party. The Holy Spirit does not show up to pity parties. He doesn't say, listen to your echo chamber. What, is it, what does the Bible say over and over and over again? He says, repent. Just do it quick. Just, just repent. Just repent. Okay, here's Bible, Bible basis 101. Sin simply means, the Greek word sin means you missed the mark. Right? You, you messed up. That's sin. Repentance, here's what repentance means. 
This, this is it. You ready? Everybody watching me? I'm going to give you a visual. Remember this the rest of your life. You sin. I missed the mark. Now I'm going to repent. Don't be looking at my booty. Huh? Back here. It means, repentance means, turn around and go the other direction. Don't make plans to do the same sin again. Some of us are sorry a lot, but we've repented zero. And really, the only reason we're sorry is when it comes to the surface and we're caught. What would it look like if nobody caught you at all? But you chose to live a different life anyway. That's where the power is. Just repent quick. Just repent. Have you ever sinned? You don't, don't, you don't have to raise your hand. Um, have you ever sinned with a friend who is not a Christian, but you are? You, okay, I say you have boy, a lot of honest people here. I like that. Um, and then there's a conversation. I had a conversation one time with a guy, and we were just talking about our pasts. And I was definitely a, I was not just a sinner, I was a really good hypocrite. I'm going to tell you this story. I know I'm way over time. If you want to leave, you can leave. Um, I was working at a, this was years ago, this was when I was 20, this was before I even went to Bible college. I was a youth pastor. I should have never been a young youth pastor. Um, and so I'm showing one face on Sunday but I had a girlfriend and we were not living the most pure life one might live you don't need details right because you're not getting any um, and that went on for a while oh I was sorry a lot I repented none and what did that do? Here's what that did. That turned my life into a dumpster fire. Relationships with family messed up. Now, it wasn't like because of that, it, like they found out or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? It was just because you can't live that way and not be knocked off your feet and your life a dumpster fire. If I would have shared that with anybody else in the world, they would have said, oh, that's normal. It's not normal for a follower of Jesus Christ. Am I condemned? No. Thank God there's a thing called grace and forgiveness. And I walk in the grace and forgiveness. But I tell you something, to walk in grace and forgiveness, don't ever forget that. Don't forget how jacked up your life used to be. Some of you need to repent today. And don't forget how jacked up your life was yesterday. But if you'll repent today, I can guarantee you one thing, your life will get back on its feet. Because the Holy Spirit's faithful. Jesus is faithful. He never drops you or lets you go. How are we doing? Let me read one last verse. Now, I'm sure you've probably noticed that this whole thing has been in Galatians chapter 5. So let's put all these verses together, and then we'll pray. Galatians 5, 16 and following. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. 
And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. Check this out. I love this. But when you yield to the life of the Holy Spirit, you will no longer be living under the law, but soaring above it. What Jesus wants for you and me and this church is for us to start soaring like we're supposed to be. Not living in a dumpster fire life, not with broken relationships, but what about if we were soaring so high in the Holy Spirit that other people would say, I want that. How do I do that? It's through a man named Jesus Christ. Can I pray with you right where you are? Will you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? Heavenly Father, I love you immensely. I'm so thankful that you did not call us to be like everybody else. We are your people. We are a peculiar people, but your people nonetheless. And so, Father, right now, I just ask that you work in our hearts. Those of us that need to repent right where we are, we're just going to confess those things. We're going to repent to you. We're going to turn. We're not throwing a pity party today. This is not a pity party moment. This is a beautiful, life-freeing moment to step into a whole new life with a new creation living inside of us. So, Father, I just ask that those of us that are followers of Jesus Christ, that today, right now, you convict us of those things. And as we repent, I ask that you fill us full, that you fill those voids in our soul and let everything work together for your good. Still pray with your eyes closed, your head bowed, you're here this morning. And you, you've never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've, you've tried all the relationship stuff. You've, your, your life is a dumpster fire. I know, I've been there. But I'm telling you something, Jesus will put it out. He'll put you back on your feet. But it's a relationship. It's not about following rules or rituals. It's not about church attendance. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you would like to start a relationship with Jesus Christ today, it's super easy. He did everything for us. All we have to do is accept the gift. So I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you stand up. Nothing like that. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand in a second. And then we'll count because I know there's more. I'm in, I'm in good company with dumpster fires in here. I got it. I got it. But if that's you and you're ready to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right where you are, just raise your hand up. Come on, put it up. Come on, put it up. You're not alone. Hold it up for just a second. I'm going to count. I'm going to count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Hold it up for a second. I'm still, that's only half. Ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Father, I thank you for these 17 people. I thank you for the, their excitement that it's finally someone's given them the answer, and the answer is you. So, Father, I ask that you put out their fire. I ask that you fix them, that you put them back on their feet. Lord, that you start healing their relations. You start healing them from the soul out. So, Father, you said, you told us in Romans 10 that if we would just confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to tell everybody we're a Christian now. We're a follower of Jesus Christ. They're going to say, I thought you did this last night. Well, I did that last night, but today I accepted Jesus Christ, and now I'm a new creation in him. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and we believe in our heart that he died on the cross for our sins and came back to life three days later that we would be saved. So, Father, save them. Now fill them full of your presence, your glory, and your goodness, and let them live a life that is completely different and completely set on fire now by you. 
and let them radiate hope wherever they go. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today. I love it. Stand with me, if you will. If you're one of those 17 people that raised your hands today, there's, some, there's a free book down front on both sides called Fresh Start. It's just going to give you some great next steps in your spiritual development, so come get it. It's totally free. And then if you or anybody else needs prayer for anything, there's people down front on both sides that would love to pray with you and for you. And then also, last thing, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you want to take communion today, there's communion elements down front on both sides. All right, let's pray the benediction together. This is the prayer of the year. Are you ready? Let's do it. Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with a superabundance until you radiate with hope. I love y'all. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, y'all.